When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hello and welcome to Raw, The Fight Within, a brand new podcast series hosted by me, Coogan Cassius. Over the course of the series, I'll be sitting down with some of the most high-profile figures from the world of boxing, including fighters, trainers and promoters, in order to dig a little deeper and understand their own personal stories. This podcast is about much more than simply what happens inside the ring. It's about the journey, the sacrifices, the agony, the ecstasy, the highs, the lows, the tears, and the fears. It's about getting to know the person. Thank you for tuning in, and I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. This podcast is suitable for over-18s only, as it may contain adult content and explicit language. Hello, and welcome to Raw, the Fight Within podcast with myself, Kuhn Cassius. This week, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by... Can I call you a reluctant person to come on here because <laughs> I felt like oh, you're doing it because like, like we're friends and stuff. Yes. This isn't a bit of you, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's because I like you, so I was like, come on. So there's a compliment here in this already, isn't there? Yeah. Like, the fact that you are actually doing this because like, why? Why don't you actually like, because you're not massive on the talking, you never have been. You've obviously proved what you can do in the ring, but you're not. You've never been on that, have you? Like the whole talking thing. Just, uh, I think it's because no matter what you say, you're going to get someone that's going to be like, jump on your back and just start being nasty and stuff. So I just think I'd rather just do my fighting in the ring and not put myself in front of a camera to get myself attacked on social media. Just is, easier. Is that why you don't do it then? It's not a case of you don't like talking. It's just. I don't like talking either, to be fair. But if I, if I like someone and it's someone who I like doing an interview with, then I don't mind because you kind of forget the camera and you can have a laugh and it's just like, like I was going out for a walk and having a chit chat, but that's what I don't mind. But then if it's someone that I'm a bit edgy with and I hate it because I think you just come across as not very good. But unfortunately, or fortunately for you, being an undisputed world champion, there's not a lot you can do about that. You know people are going to want to talk to you, but even yeah. beforehand anyway. But Yeah, it just comes with it now, don't it? But it's better if you like the interviewer 
then too bad then. No, to be honest with you, again, I'll take that as well. But, um, <laughs> like, I'm uh, very happy you decided to do this because, like I said, a lot of our interviews are pretty much the same all the way through. It's about upcoming fights, etc., etc. And Catch me on fight week, don't you? What? You catch me yeah, on fight week. Not, some, listen, there's a lot of fighters that are not great during fight week to... Because you're like, you just want to get in the ring or you want to weigh in and just get all that stuff. And then you've got camera after camera and you're like... Mm, Abby, Dabby, we done a world good piece. It was like, gives you goosebumps. I, I always watch it back as well and think, wow. Remember before the end of you had... That's mad. That was like last year, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. In November like, last year? I have it on my Instagram. Sometimes I'll watch it to be like, wow, that was incredible. Because I said it and then I put it into motion and achieved it. So it's just, it's quite like, cat, like catwoman because it's nice. It's good. It's good to have things you can always... They're there forever. Yeah, right? I look back at it and just remember, thinking, wow, that's yeah. quite special. Absolutely. Right, let's delve straight into this, Chantel. This is actually, like, quite a deep question for the first one, but it's not that deep, to be honest with you. I'm not going to scare you. That so, scared me, then. <laughs> no, because I've, changed, I've changed some of the questions on this podcast just because I wanted to sway a little bit away from people talking about boxing. Yeah. Because it's like the same thing, so I kind of wanted to talk about you more so. So let's see how we get on anyway. What, what is the one thing currently, if you could change one thing in your life at the moment, what would it be? Mm, that's a very good question. Um, maybe to have more stuff going on outside of boxing. I think I do now, like I've got a couple of houses. Um, I tried doing a uni course, but to be honest, I didn't fill in the form to actually sign up, so that's my own fault. Um, just to think, like, boxing's a hard sport, fighting's the easy part, but the stuff that goes on during camp, building up to camp, waiting for fights, it's very hard. So I wish I had another career on the side, because I think that would make me a lot happier and a bit more secure. Is that... To do alongside, because you're, you're kind of, you're in the middle of your, say middle, but you're yeah. right in your career at the moment. So is it something you're looking at as in, at some point when you do retire, that there is sort of other things that you've got? Yeah, I think, uh, so I'm trying to set up my own gym as well, because I'm, I am thinking now about life after boxing, because we all have our day where we're like, right, hang up the gloves, and I kind of have done what I've wanted to do in boxing now, and boxing annoys me. It does. Like, I could fight tomorrow. I love fighting. That's what I'm good at. I'm good at fighting, but the stuff that goes on in boxing drives me insane, and I can't wait for the day that I put my gloves up and be like, I'm gone. So at the minute, it's about securing my legacy, keep winning. I want to go out undefeated, but I need to also be making the money to set myself up for the future where I don't have to work, and I'm going to do my dreams outside of boxing knowing that I've got it secured. So I'm trying to set up my own gym at the moment as well. How sad is it though, like you sit here in the position you are and, and that comment about like boxing annoys you, like yeah. I get it, I totally get what you mean, totally, like the, the, the industry stuff, the business side of boxing is like, it's horrendous to be fair, or parts of it is horrendous. I think what? it's very hard, I think uh, I wish I had tougher skin, like when I'm in the ring nothing can harm me, nothing can bother me, like I'm quite a hard person, but the boxing industry, yeah, like I do need to toughen up a bit of it because it does get to me and it is frustrating and it's mad because I've done everything I wanted to do in boxing with no handouts. That's the thing, that's one thing I'm proud to say is that no one's handed me an easy ride, like I've done it the hard way and I'm really proud of that. So I know whatever happens in boxing now, I'm going to 
retire and be like, do you know what, I did it when no one thought I would and no one helped me and no one gave me a kind of a, a step up. So that's one thing I am proud of, even though it does annoy me. I'm still quite proud of it. Um, yeah, I'm quite interested. This is one of the, my favourite questions that I do ask on this. Because um, I never know what is going to be like kind of a response from anyone. Um, if you weren't in the business of boxing, like, yeah. what do you think you would be doing now? Or what do you think you'd like to have been doing now, if that makes sense? So I would have liked to have been a PE teacher. I think uh, even when I was a kid, so I never thought I'd be a boxer. I never, so I actually, to be honest with you, I loved kickboxing. I loved kickboxing more than boxing. But, and when I left kickboxing, I actually cried my eyes out for months because kickboxing is like a family. Um, I, was, I trained in Birmingham called Uska Fight Factory and we was like a proper unit and my coach, Neil Kelly, he was just such a nice man and uh, it was all like a family, like we'd go trips together, we'd have such good fight camps and it was uh, it was really sad when I left but he was the actual one who told me, go make some money because kickboxing, obviously you don't make money in kickboxing and he was the one who was like, look, you can come back here whenever you want but you, you're talented enough to go into boxing and to make a living, and I was kind of like, well, yeah, does he not like me anymore? Thinking, why is he, why is he trying to push me out? But he wasn't, he just seen something in me that I didn't. So when I went to boxing, I kind of resented it a bit because it wasn't the same buzz as kickboxing. So uh, I never thought I'd become a boxer at all, and I always thought I'd be a PE teacher. I actually applied for Kent University. Really? Yeah. Did you get into fights when you were just like a kid? Yeah, I was really bad, really, really bad. I was just aggressive, I think. Does anything stick out in your mind? Um, once one of my friends was, I was only young, one of my friends was getting beat up. He was all playing football on the field and I, was, I pulled his hair and I forgot him. <laughs> and he went on crying and his mum came How to... Oh, it must have been about... It was a force at Kid Watson as well, so it must have been about nine, ten. And his uh, mum come to my house and my mum's quite rowdy. <laughs> and I was like... Get Fuck off. <laughs> and, it was, and it was just all like kicked off and that. And then one, him. Yeah, uppercutted him. And then once um, there's this lad and he's a bit of a, he's, he's hard now. Like he's always going in pubs and knocking everyone out. And he's got a bit of a reputation. But when we were kids, we was arguing and he got a stick and whacked it across my face. And I like, bit my gum. So I went home crying to my mum. And then my mum was fuming. Like she was like, why are you, why are you coming here crying? So she dragged me across the road. We were trying to get him out of the house so I would fight with him and he wouldn't come out and then my mum was going mad at the woman to make him come out and fight me. And I just stood there thinking, what is my mum doing? She's going to get me absolutely battered. Could you fight at that point? Yeah, I could, yeah. without even kibbutzing that. I was just, just knew how to do it. I think it just must have been natural. So when I uh, waited for ages and when I did see him come out, I was run, run up and run at him and just start kicking him. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, there's, there's a few, there's a lot. <laughs> I mean, looking at you, I wouldn't ever guess that, do you know what I mean? That yeah. you were kind of that way. I think it's in the area I was, you had to... This is Northampton, yeah? Yes, yeah, Eastern District, you kind of... Right. If you didn't know how to fight, then you, you get beaten up and you get bullied a bit. So I was always quite shy. I was a shy kid and always kept myself to myself, but if someone argued with me, then I'd just fight. I remember always chasing boys of calling me, like, nicknames, like Shani, Fanny and all this, and I used to go psycho and just be chasing them around cats. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to beat him up. Yeah, I bet they look look back and think, oh, yeah, we probably got off a few <laughs> times here. Yeah. Jesus. Um, t 
tell me about a time in your life that you, like I said, not specific to boxing, that you felt as though you were um, losing a fi uh, fighting a losing battle in your life. Anything that springs to mind? I'd probably say boxing. I think uh, I've never really believed in myself. I've never been cocky and arrogant. I really haven't. Like, even now, like, uh, people around me will be like, why don't you believe in yourself? And obviously I've done what I've done, but I still, like, I do have doubts. I think I just think it must be normal that everyone has that. And uh, obviously, when I first started professional, I was building up, and then I won the IBO title in my fifth fight. Um, and then, like, I got my mandatory shot, and I was, I was doing well. I was doing well, and I was unbeaten. I was on Channel 5, but I just felt like it was a losing battle that I wasn't getting no recognition, nobody really... No one cared, and it was like I was putting all the hard work in, and it was like no one really gives a shit. So I was kind of like, How do you get respect? And it took all this time to get a bit of respect in it. And all it took was be well, not all it took, it was a massive job, but hand, but it took beating Katie Taylor, who in my eyes was the best pound pound fighter along with Clarissa Shields. And it took all that to get some respect. And even now, it's kind of like I beat her, and people are trying to pull it under the rug to keep it quiet, and it's just like, what, what am I supposed to do? It's, it's actually crazy when you put it like that, that like, all the way through your, your career, that you felt, forget what other people think, but you felt kind of almost underappreciated, and you felt like, right, I have to beat the best out there yeah. to, for, for people to take notice of me. Yeah. That's crazy though, isn't it? Yeah, and the thing is, my fight with Mary McGee, I think was the hardest fight I've had and it was a unification, and uh, like I even I feel a bit sorry for Mary McGee because what a fight she is, and I honestly believe she will take out, she will beat so many people. But again, like where where has she gone? She's one of the best fighters that I've been in the ring with, mm. and what's happened now with her? So like, I'm, as much as I'm talking about me, I actually do feel a bit for Mary because I think she's unbelievable in my hardest fight. Mm. She said a baby, didn't she? Did she? I think so, yeah. She's on my Facebook, so she's just had a baby. Oh, no way. Oh, congratulations. I'm sure I've got that right. <laughs> I'm pretty certain I've got I that right. I just thought, She's like, on my Facebook, so she's She had Facebook, that yeah. big fight with me, and it was a good, good fight, and then kind of just nothing happened after that. So maybe she was in the same situation where she was, like, disappointed and a bit heartbroken. I don't know. I don't know her situation, but I just thought, why is she not, why is she not back out? Why is she not back yeah. on the big screen? She's unbelievable. Um... Mary, if you're watching and you haven't had a baby, then apologies, but, yeah, but I'm pretty certain I've, I've got that right. Anyway, um, what, what are the everyday battles for you away from boxing every day when you get up? What are they? Um, I have to be active. I have to have stuff going on. So uh, I think I'm quite a deep person and like I struggle with not having things happening. So I have to always be busy and doing stuff where, like, when you're in camp, it's completely different. So I struggle from camp life to normal life. I find it really hard to get the balance. And I think, uh, even though I've been boxing this long, I feel like I need, to, even now I need to get the balance because my head just goes and it's not good for you. Do you, are you talking about that, obviously you're in a camp now, but is it yeah. more difficult to kind of work around that when you're out of camp? Yeah, like not having structure and yeah. stuff. So that's why I said like, I need stuff now to keep me busy out of camp. And to be honest with you, I have started now because I'm trying to open up my own gym, um, do seminars and stuff, and I just have to be doing stuff uh, to keep me busy. And also it's good because then I'm doing stuff in the community as well and helping other 
other people and meeting people and stuff. Whereas in, when you're in camp, you can't really do a seminar and do events and that. So I'm just trying to make sure I get a bit of a balance. But I do want to go to university and do some studying. Even now, I keep thinking I need to study, I need to study because I need to get my mind distracted a bit as well. What do you want to do at university? So I want to do sports studies and I want to do my one year teaching. Okay. Just because you never know, I could become a PE teacher. Imagine that. Yeah, you're undisputed PE teacher. I mean. Anyone gives me a lip, I'll be like, watch it. <laughs> is it something you'd like to pursue, though? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Boxing's not forever. I'm coming to the end now, really. Like, I'm 32. I don't want to be boxing till I'm, like, mid-30s, late-30s. So I need to think about what's next. And obviously, I'm only just started earning well now in boxing. So uh, just I've got to think about the future and... Be good, good now to start doing part-time university. Yeah, imagine that. Like your PE teaches you. Like, yeah. Imagine <laughs> it. Lucky kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, would, would you call yourself an emotional person? Like, do you cry a lot? Or when's the last time you did cry? Fight back in the tears. So uh, I'm a deep person. I'm very deep. Like I find it hard to cry, but like I'll cry over stupid things and like. Uh, what? like Boxing, I cry over boxing a lot, and I think one well, crying over boxing is a sport. Like I should, I should love it. Cry over stupid films, like films that I shouldn't cry over. I cry over some that are like quite emotional. Um, but other than that, I'm quite tough. I'm, I've got a, quite a strong mind in certain aspects, where I'm like, I just think fuck everything, and just stay in my own lane. But I think I keep my head down a lot as well, so that I don't get emotionally attached to anything and anyone, and just think, just focus on me. And I don't like, yeah, I don't really like crying. It makes me feel a bit weak. But obviously I do cry. Do you train yourself to think that? Yeah, like I, I train my mind to be strong. Yeah. To be strong-minded and that. But sometimes you can't help it, you just break down. Do, do you see, it's, it's obviously it's a completely different context when I ask to speak to men about this. I yeah. mean, I, I'm not trying to kind of uh, differentiate emotions among genders Women and all this are stuff. Women are I'm not doing that. Because <laughs> I do ask men, like, and especially box, uh, boxers, which is like a like an egotistical yeah. alpha sport um, does um, crying, is that a, like a, a sign uh, or some sort of perception of being weak as a man? And I get mixed answers from that. Some don't say it's not and some say it is. But for you, you, you say that you think it's a sign of weakness for yourself. But I think that's because when I was growing up, my mum used to always say, don't cry, like it, like don't cry, it makes you weak kind of thing. And my mum's always taught me tough love. Like, if it wasn't for my mum, really, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be the fighter I am either. Yeah. She's always taught me to like be tough and stand up for myself. And anyone says anything, just kind of put them back in their place. And yeah, so I kind of think uh, growing up, it was do everything I can not to cry. Yeah. And if you do cry, it does make you weak. So when I cry, like I do get embarrassed and think, oh no, why have I done that? Because then I think, oh, I'm not as strong as I think I am. And then I get a bit disappointed in myself. But then obviously, sometimes you need to cry to release and just let everything blow over. So it's kind of like I'm in a battle. I want to be tough and I want to be strong, but sometimes I just can't help it and just burst out crying. Do you know what? I was, I was talking the same question with Paulie Malanagi last week, and Paulie Malanagi said that it, like, if, he, if he ever did cry, no one would ever see him do it. It would be, be like behind closed doors because he thinks that crying in public is a sign of weakness. That's what oh, he thinks. Oh, yeah. If I, That's if, what he... Yeah. So, like, if I cried in public, I'd be so embarrassed. Like, I'd probably go hiding in the room. But sometimes, like, I have cried in public and I've hated it. I've literally been so embarrassed and think, oh, what am I doing? But I've just not been able to hold it in. Then I try so hard to hold it in. 
and that thing it just explodes and I'm like, ah. Oh. So when I won my industry red, I thought, why well, I'm not crying? Because it was so emotional, but it's because I've trained, I'm trained not to show that emotion. So even when I had beat Katie, I didn't celebrate really. I didn't cry because it was kind of like, just hold everything in. And then to be honest, I went back to my room and then I cried when I was on my own. Because it was a relief. I cried because I was like, wow, but I had to do it on my own. So I needed a minute to just be like, let, let it all out. Do you know, do you know, before my daughter was born, everyone was saying to me, like, you'll definitely cry when your daughter was born. And I didn't. Like, yeah. Then it concerned me that I didn't. I was like, what does that actually mean? Because everyone was like, did you cry? Did you cry? I was like, no, like, I didn't. Yeah. Like, it's not because I was, like, trying to be like, oh, I no, one. I didn't cry. It's not that. Like, I expected myself to cry and I didn't cry. And the tears just didn't come? No, it didn't come yeah. at all. Did you go back to your room or cry? No, because, do you know what? Like, my daughter was born in COVID, so I'd, like, an hour there okay. at, the, at the hospital, and then I had to leave, right? That was, like, a bit of a head thing, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I couldn't be there, and I got her on FaceTime on the day she was born, and I'm like... That's hard, that that's is. mental, yeah. That's quite hard. So, um, but, yeah, obviously, baby and mum come back the next day, but even when she came home kind of thing, yeah. I was like, I didn't... No, I didn't, but I, I was convinced I was going to, but maybe, I don't know, maybe I just... I think sometimes it's like you put too much pressure on yourself as well. It just goes like, if, if, it, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I don't, I don't think you should be worried. Like, I can't remember who, someone passed away in my family and I remember, why I'm not grieving? And then suddenly it just hit me it, and then yeah. I was like, and they just come. But I was thinking, why am I not grieving? Everyone else is grieving, I'm not. I feel like something's wrong with me. I must just be heartless or like, I'm just emotionally retarded or something. And then, uh, then the tears just come and I thought, just, just let it come. If it happens, it happens. If you don't, it don't. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's, it's sort of out of your control, isn't it? Yeah, to be honest yeah. With and it's just how you feel it as well. Yeah, I think if you overthink it, then it's, it's, it doesn't happen. Yeah, that's probably what I was probably telling myself. I'm not myself. the worst overthinker, though. I overthink and sends me mad. History drives me insane. Overthink everything. Then I get all up in my head and it just sends me crazy. Do you think, like, the negatives in, like, if there's a situation going on, do you kind of, did your mind go straight to, like, to think the worst of that situation yeah, first. Yeah, really bad, really, yeah. really bad. I think that's my worst trait. Because then I kind of go into a shell, I, I like let it build up and build up, and then it just get, it goes too far and I could just nip it in the bud straight away. So that's, that's, a really, that's something I'm trying to work on, not letting happen. I like let things build up and then I just explode in a minute. I could have just nipped it in the bud from the off. It's, it's very difficult if you think that way to untrain yourself from being like that because you can't yeah. really. You're either one way or another. Yeah. You're either someone that kind of, you know, it's like going for a job interview and leaving that job interview and thinking, I didn't get that. Yeah. It's almost like you're, you're, you're telling yourself just to give you a little bit of a blanket. Just like let it go. Yeah, yeah let it go. Right. But I'm a really bad overthinker. Really, really bad. Well, let, um, actually leads on to this next question here. Um, how prominent do you think depression is in boxing? Has it ever affected you? Yeah, massively. I've had a few times where I've been depressed. Out of my fight with Mary McGee, I think I got really depressed and it was horrible. But at the time, I didn't really see it, but everyone around me seen it. And I've got really good people around me that was like, Chantelle, your head's not right. And straight after my fight, people were saying to me, something's not right with you. And I was like, what the fuck? Obviously, I was insulted, but I was thinking, nothing's wrong with me. But then it built, built and built and built up. And then uh, again, I started blaming boxing because... I was waiting to fight Callie Reese and Callie Reese had her problems and hopefully she's all good now. And obviously it wasn't her fault, but it was stuff that was going on. Like I weren't knowing what was happening. It was, am I, ain't I, it's undisputed going to happen. 
and I just had such a hard fight, and it was kind of like disappeared. Like nothing, I didn't get no credit. And like I said, May was such a good fighter, and I'm telling you, she would beat so many people. There's so many names that she would go through. And I thought, how can I just have that big fight, headline O2? And then a week after, like, it's nothing. Like, no, one, no one gives a shit. And I think that's what happens with boxing. Uh, you have a massive high, then you're on a massive low. Mm. And I've had to try and put myself on that high again. So before, now I don't do as much, but before, after fights, I'd go crazy, go out with my friends, be partying for like a month, two months, to try and get that high. But it's not the same, is it? You're going out and then you wake up with a hangover, you feel rough and it's not good for your body. And that's what I was chasing, the high effort, thinking that, that that was the way to do it. But now I've learned that you, you can't like get that high. It's, it's not, you're not going to get that high. It's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible, but I was chasing it. And uh, that used to get me a bit depressed as well. Whereas now I'm trying to sort my head out a bit more and keep my head on the ground and just keep ticking over and wait for the fight and get that high again. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. A lot of boxers have, have, have said this. It's like their most peak moments in their career. Yeah. That, that depressive stage or that low comes immediately after it, like yeah. almost like even the next day or the next day after. 100%. Because, yeah, a lot of boxers have said that and you're all kind of saying the same and thing. And you know what? A lot of people comment it to me. They say, ancient tale, you're not right. And I'll be like, what do you mean? And they'll be like, uh, there's something wrong. Like, you're not, I don't, I don't get happy or nothing. Well, I should be happy. I should be on cloud nine. But I'm just literally like, oh, it's over now. And then I'll get all like a bit depressed and... I get moody, I'm not nice to be around, where I should be literally celebrating, so happy, but I just want to lock myself in the room and sleep for like a week. And it's not good, it's really not. And I think that's why I'm so concerned about retiring and making sure that have other, other boxes ticked off for me, so life after boxing, because obviously like I don't want to be depressed and ruin the rest of my life. There's more to life than boxing, I think that's the main, that's what I always remind myself every day. There's more to life than boxing. There's, there's a lot more. And there's a lot more I can do in, do in the world than fight. And I have to remind myself that every day. It's, it's mad because fighters like yourself now, you're, you, you are like a twice a year fighter now. Yeah. Like you, you, you're not, you, know, you could potentially, I suppose, fight a third time a year. But normally, you're, for you now, it's like two fights a year. So once you fought, yeah. like, there's a big gap like, between that and then obviously you fighting again it's not like a sport where you're like like footballers for example like play every single week yeah like two, some two or three times a week so yeah it's like that's continuous in that but and you're chasing the high you, that's what yeah. you're doing you're chasing the high 
to be fair to me, like I don't, I'm not really a clout chaser, so I, I kind of just disappear and do my own thing, and then I come back back into camp and that. But you kind of are missing that like recognition and being in the gym and preparing for a fight. That I think uh, preparing for for a fight is the best thing. I need an opponent. I need my tactics, and I like the fact of getting fit. I like starting from 12 weeks out and then the progress of getting getting fit. That's also like a high for me, yeah. and I have a really addictive personality. So. That's not the best thing for me either. Right. No, I'm not asking about a regret in your life, but I'm asking if you could go back in your life and handle any situation differently, what would that have been? Mm. Or is there anything you would have yeah, I think there's liked a... to have handled differently? There's a few. Um, one was... No, she's not going to say that one. Pro I say about boxing, actually. Probably the qualifiers when I didn't qualify. Um, didn't qualify, and that was like a real... That's when I was really depressed, like really ill. Like my mum was on the verge of taking me to the doctors. It was horrible. And I literally didn't know what I was going to do in my world. I was too embarrassed to see people. It was kind of like everyone expected me to go to the Olympics, and then next thing, I'm sat in my room crying my eyes out every day, too scared to see anyone. And then when I did see people, They'd mention the Olympics, and I just literally would want the ground to just swallow me up. So if I could go back in time, I probably wouldn't have put so much pressure on myself for the Olympics. Um, GB set up, I would have enjoyed it more, and not thought the Olympics was the be-all and end-all, because I literally lived like a monk. I was like, train, train, train. I was going to the Olympics. I seen nothing else. It was just me and the Olympics, and nothing else mattered. I didn't see people. Um, I didn't have fun, I didn't enjoy myself, it was just, I have to do this. And that was about four or five years of my life. If I turned back the time now, I would not have done that. I would have trained hard, yeah, but I would have enjoyed it and had fun and just remembered if I, if I, if I didn't make it, I didn't make it. If I did, I did, it was a bonus. But if I could uh, redo all that, 100% wouldn't have put all that pressure on myself and got so deep about it, it broke my heart when it didn't happen. Um, do you remember that time period quite vividly? Or? Yeah, yeah, it was quite bad. It was horrible. It's like, uh, remember, I didn't qualify, and I beat the girl who'd won it. I beat the I beat the gold medalist, silver medalist, bronze medalist, but the gold medalist I beat eight times. She beat me once, and I didn't watch the Olympics at all. Obviously, I was supporting like lots of Savannah, Nikki, and the lads and stuff, thinking, oh, I do hope they medal and stuff, but I wouldn't watch the Olympics because I thought. Outcomes are not there when I beat all these people. And in the qualifiers, I think I was hard done by because uh, I was fighting a, fin Finland, a girl from Finland and I'd beaten her before. And I actually, I actually stopped her in, I think it was in Germany in some tournament and I stopped her and she went boxing for six months. And then it come to the qualifiers and it was the worst fight of my life because there was two rings, the bell went and I didn't know it was our bell, I thought it was the other bell. So I punched her and the ref gave me a warning and then my head just went and I was just like, yeah, I've lost this. So I just went, went and had a scrap with her, just thinking, kind of, fuck it, like, got a warning now, we're gonna lose this and just threw it away, really. Mm. And uh, after that, I just thought, that's, that's me done. That's me not going to the Olympics. And I remember my brother was with me, my brother's like my best mate and, uh, I've never seen him cry, ever. The whole, whole entire life, I've never seen him cry. And he cried his eyes out. 
and it just it was so it was so bad. It was horrible. And we had to fly back from Kazakhstan early. Had to get connecting flights, and it was just a shit journey. Probably the worst journey of my life. Hated planes after that. Really? Yeah, it was so bad. It was just depressing. Uh, who would you say, away from boxing, who's been the biggest influence in your life? My mum, definitely my mum. There was a a stage like when I don't really talk about it because it was deep, but a stage I was kickboxing at the time, and uh, someone died and was on a run, and it was in a it was in a reservoir, and I remember that it was like it was horrible because it was just a very very bad time, probably the worst time. There comes nothing compared to it in boxing. It was just horrible, and uh, I can remember I was like like it was just yeah shit and. Uh, my mum was like, you got to keep training, you got to keep training. I was thinking, not a chance on my training, like, I don't want to do this anymore, I'm done. And I just wanted to just go off the rails and just kind of like, if looking back, I just wanted to fuck my life up kind of thing, because I thought, someone's gone when I'm there, and it was just, yeah, it just was pretty deep. And then uh, my mum was like, no, go training, and it'll be the best thing for you. So she messaged that my Kiwatson coach at the time, and they opened the gym up for me, just for me to just go in on my own and just kick bags and just kind of let a load of steam out. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And then the qualifiers, my mum again, like, my mum's very loving, but she's also tough. Like, she'll be loving and put your, her arm around me, but then she'll get to a stage where she'll be like, no, like, fucking get off, get up now and get out of bed and get on with your life. Like she, and then she did that with the qualifiers and kind of listened to her because she's quite scary. So anytime things are hard, my mum kind of gives me that kick up the ass and puts me back in line. Does she still do it now like she would have done like 10 years ago? My mum wants me to retire. My mum wants me to retire from boxing. She says it all the time. After what happened early stage of my career with the team change, so that was what, five years ago, my mum was like, this is enough now, it's done. Like, retires, it's not worth it. And so that must have been five, six years. And ever since, she's, just, she's ready for me to hang my gloves up. But she's proud of me, obviously. Would you, I mean, look, I suppose there's a lot of parents out there who would like to see their, do you know what I mean? Like, especially where you've achieved what you've achieved. But I suppose ultimately it is your call, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, but I'm, I just say to her, like, one more, one more. And I, and I just keep saying, like, there'll come, the, come a day where I'll be like, that's enough. But I think my mum doesn't like seeing the pain it causes outside of the ring. In the ring's fine. Like, I can handle that, but it's the outside. This is difficult, this next one. Um, if you want to come back to it, we can come back to it, but what song explains your life? Um, is there a song out there that kind of explains part or your life? That's a tough one, Ayers. I'd say UB40 reminds me of my life because I always remember my mum and dad playing it every night I was having a drink. So year before, I always remember them putting it on in the kitchen. Any particular song? Red, red one. Okay. And it just every single time it just explains my life. I think it's just like growing up and just how life was. Uh, do you know what? With like, I was talking to someone about this the other day about music. Literally, is like a song just takes you back to moments in Easy, your life. Yeah. Like Easy. straight away, you remember either where you heard it first or like a specific point of your life. Yeah. It's crazy, it actually does that. It's so like, you, before he does that for me, it just takes me back to being a kid, and I love it so much. What sort of music do you actually listen to? Mix of everything. 
old school R&B, hip hop, sometimes a bit of grime, love house music, and depends on my mood, bit drum and bass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dancehall, like everything. Dancehall, yeah. Yeah. Right. It all depends on my mood. It is. Music is very much mood attached. Yeah, it is. It? Yeah. Like, um, like I've got friends that like, they listen to like really depressing music, not because they're depressed, but they just like that kind of music. I'm like, just chills them out. I like country as well. I actually yeah. like a bit of country. If I'm doing a if I'm doing a long car journey where I want to chill a bit without falling asleep, I think yeah, I'll put a bit of country on. Bit of country, yeah. yeah. Bit of Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're 32 now. If you could go back, say, say 10 years, yeah. right? and you could give advice to a 21-year-old, Chantel Cameron, what would you say? Like, you now, imagine, like, just as you are, removing you to speak to your 21-year-old self. Yeah. What would you say? So, I was done GB at the time. So, I'd say, boxing's a sport. Enjoy it. Don't let it take over your life. Have a life still, and also study. You'd implement that into... 100%, I think... So, like, every, boxing's great, sport's great, but you should always have a plan B. Everyone should have a plan B, and I think education is so important. Like, I wish I'd done more education, and I wish I had a degree and stuff, because not everyone makes it. Like, I'm very lucky and fortunate that I've got where I am, but not everyone's going to do it, and it's okay parents pushing their kids and really, like, yeah, you're going to become a world champion, you're going to make loads of money, but it's kind of like, what if they don't? Then what if they got to fall back on? and who's going to be there to support them, and then they've got to kind of redo it all again and stuff. So I think, always have a plan B, there's no harm in a plan B. You can still be a dedicated sports person alongside studying as well, on the side. Do it part-time, but always have a plan B. Yeah, because you're like in a, probably a top 1% of like, people in your, in your situation. Yeah, not everyone makes it. Like, probably this isn't even 1%. Like, yeah. You know, all the boxes collectively around whatever, it's, it's definitely like well less than 1%. That's what I mean, like, like everyone, it's, just, it's good to have a dream, like everyone should have a dream and everyone should have ambition, but what if you don't make it, then what are you going to do? Don't have no regrets, and even though I'm, I'm the lucky person that has made it in that percentage, my regret is still not, I ain't got no education, so what would happen, to, what would happen now if something happened to me whereas I can't box tomorrow? Like, I don't have education, I don't know what career I'll go into. I could have to study and get a degree, so I could have done that years ago. Um, right, last one. Just answer how you... It's quite a deep interview, ain't it? Well, that was the whole point of t talking kind of away from like... Yeah. How camp go? <laughs> how are you feeling? How, it, how are you feeling ahead of this week and all that bollocks? So what's the outcome of the fight? Doing? Yeah, who wins this fight and all this stuff, which is like my day-to-day, -day, so I don't want to look at it, but yeah. my day-to-day. -day, but um, no, it's just, just sort of... I've, I've done these with a few people now, and I'm, what I'm understanding is obviously how kind of repetitive my sort of... Not stuff is in terms of like what's being asked, but it is almost like it's in the same context of like... It's true, you know. And then you. when you get asked the same questions, it's kind of like you want to you want to tell something different, but then you'd be lying. But you kind of want to spice it up a bit and think... Of course. I've just answered this question ten times. I know, but yeah, well, listen, that's something like... <laughs> literally, I can imagine like people... I, I, I was watching Tyson Fury the other day in that press conference with um, Ngannou, and it was like 
every everyone was asking exactly the same things. I was thinking, but I if I was there, I was here. But if bit, I was yeah. there, I'm like, well, yeah, because like they're literally asking like yeah, it's like the a same conveyor thing. Belt. Everyone they have to repeat themselves, but that's the game. Like, yeah, it's like a I'm conveyor part belt. Of that, so I can't knock it. Just adding a little curveball. That's what you should do. Something yeah. to make some random shit up. Yeah. Um, what drives that fight within you? What is it that, like, when you get up in the morning, what drives you? I refuse to lose. Yeah. Like, uh, I literally will do anything to make sure I don't lose. And I have to be fit, I have to be stronger, I have to be sharper, and my will to, my will to learn as well. Like, I love learning, and I love improving, so I'd never be complacent. There's so many people that get a bit above their station, a bit arrogant, and they do get complacent because they think, oh, yeah, I've got this in a bag, but it doesn't matter who I'm firing, where I'm firing. I always had the underdog mentality because I just I couldn't I couldn't handle losing and I know for a fact I couldn't so as long as I put all the work in and give it my best there's no one that's beating me. Do you adapt that attitude to your own life though? Like forget boxing for a second, like just your own life. Do you adopt that same attitude? Yeah, easy. Like I'm like it with everything. And everyone says about me how determined I am and how like strong willed. If I say something I'll do it. And if I put my mind to something I'll do it. In any anything I do. And I have to finish things. To say I start something, I have to finish it, otherwise it drives me mad. So it's a good thing as well, it's a really good thing. It, it, that I get that shit is a positive done. trait yeah, to have, I, I get, So if I say like I uh, started a course, I'd have to finish it. And I don't like losing, so I'm really competitive. No, but these are positive traits to have. Yeah. Like you said, like you were talking about being an overthinker and yeah. maybe sometimes seeing like a glass half empty situation. I don't know, I'm kind yeah. of guessing some of this stuff, but um, those traits you were talking about, about yeah. if I say I'm going to do it, I'm doing it. Yeah. If I can't do it, then there's a reason or something to stop that from happening. But and do you know what else with me? I have to be challenged. I need yeah. challenges. Challenges uh, like light a fire in me, and I love challenges. Mm. So the, the challenge like gives me fuel and it excites me. So I just, yeah. I'm, just need that challenge and need that bit to bite down and be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And that's when, when I beat Katie Taylor, it was the fact that I proved everyone wrong. There were so many people doubting me and thinking that, oh, I wouldn't do it. And that's that's what motivated me. And that's why after I was, it was, I cried in my room because it was a relief. And I, it was kind of like, yeah, fuck you all because I've done it. And you all doubted me. So it was just such a relief and thinking, wow, that was just, yeah, I was, I was so happy. Okay, well, Chantel, listen, I'm not going to put kind of any time stamp on this because I'm not sure when this goes out, but we obviously know you've got something important coming up yeah. uh, very that? shortly. <laughs> no, I didn't want to say like weeks away because I don't know when this is going out. So okay, I didn't yeah, go, yeah. Like, oh, we're X amount of weeks away from uh, your rematch, etc. Yeah. But we know, we know it's coming up anyway. But um, appreciate your time. Thank you. Um, like I said, I know you didn't really want to do it, but <laughs> it was, I hope it was like all right for you. Um, yeah, and then hopefully we'll definitely catch up with you ahead of fight week. Fight week in November. Yeah, I'll go back to normal then. Just ask you all the same. Station so how was camp? <laughs> I, I tried never to ask that question to anyone. <laughs> How's camp? Honestly, God, I, I don't think I've ever asked it. How sparring been? How sparring been? Absolutely dog shit, to be honest. You I mean, just write about the question. Like, you could literally probably just, someone goes to an interview, you could literally go, I bet you, like a bingo thing, I bet you your question's on this. Yeah. Or oh, I should just be like, I had a shit camp. My sparring was shit. Yeah, I got terrible. Pinged. Worst yeah. camp ever. It was dreadful. Please do that with someone. You do it with me, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah. I was absolutely dreadful. I was getting beat pillar to post. So what? It actually, got spat. It reminded me, I was at a press conference in Cologne years ago with Fury and Klitschko, and uh, there was some 
reporters that were asking Tyson about his camp, like where he's going to do his camp, and he randomly made up, yeah, no, that he's doing it in Australia. So he told these reporters, I was there, I was standing right there, told yeah. them he was going to be in Australia. And they were like, oh, really? He was like, yeah, we're going to go there, we're going to go to Sydney or wherever they were going. <laughs> Completely made it up. But then this uh, like publication actually reported that he's doing his camp in Australia. Like, no such thing. Like, he just got... Oh, That's quite funny, oh, though, But like, he actually, I was listening to he him got say Because I questioned it, I thought, is he? Is yeah. he doing his camp in Australia? Of course he's not. So, I mean, that's actually quite funny. Yeah, you should just tell people like you're going to like the Antarctica or something. Yeah. <laughs> going to North Pole. North Pole. Is that wrestling some bears? Why not? You should definitely do it for a week. I'll remind you anyway. Oh yeah, give, give me that little poke to say it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've been in the North Pole wrestling some bears. There we go. Catching some fish with my bare hands. Why not? Because <laughs> listen, you're a bit dry, so I think people would actually just take it for what it is. <laughs> Like, if you said it in a straight face, I genuinely think people would just be like, oh. Ooh, oh Fairfax still. Oh, yeah, got a good quote from Chantel, yeah? She does, been catching fish with her bare hands. There we go. There we go. Speed me up. There we go. Right, Chantel, again, thank you very much. And uh, guys, thank you for listening uh, or watching. Uh, make sure you comment, like, and subscribe. And we will see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.